Hey, y'all. Welcome to another episode of the show. It's Chase here with my dear friend, Christopher Gerard, 20-year-plus-long friend, work colleague, homie, traveled all over the place, longtime friends. And this is our third installment, the third episode that I'm calling co-hosted because what we're really doing is talking about a handful of topics that come up across my community over the course of, say, a month or so. I track these, I put these ideas down, and then when Chris and I record one of these episodes, as we've done today, to share with you, I just tick off a few of these areas that I think where I can find a nice thread. And in today's episode, we, as you might imagine, have connected these dots in a way that I hope is uh, fun and interesting and adds a value to you all for listening here. We talk in this episode about daily creative habits about how there is an art to making mistakes, how life is not about avoiding mistakes, but about recovering quickly from errors. If you were a subscriber to my newsletter, this went out and it was a very popular post or very popular um, newsletter. I got a lot of replies back to that. And so I wanted to make sure to include that. We from there talked about the future job market for creators, how to differentiate whether you ought to be a generalist or a specialist, how to think about things like AI, which we've gone in depth on previous episodes. We did not do that today, but it's really a thought on a take, a hot take on our vision of the economy and if it's a good, okay, or it's a bad time for for creators to find jobs and to build their personal brands and skill sets. Um, We talk about breaking from technology, a reference back to my conversation with Dr. Anna Lemke from Stanford about how we are virtually all addicted to our phones, how that's their desire is to have you be addicted to your phones and to these social media apps, what you can do and specifically what I have done successfully to take my phone usage down by, I would say, roughly 90%. That trickled into a conversation around fitness, health, wellness, Um, So it is definitely a broad ranging conversation. And I finish with a little gift. I give you a toast, one of my favorite toasts to throw down at dinner parties, uh, events and whatnot. And it's short enough for you to memorize and you will have one in your back pocket. That's at the end of today's episode. But I'm going to get out of the way again. Enjoy this wide ranging conversation with my dear friend, colleague, buddy, pal, Christopher Gerard. Yours truly and Chris for the next 90 or what? Let's call it 62 minutes in your ears. Until next time, thank you. Enjoy. Uh, we're recording, and I'm here with Hunter S. Thompson. I mean, if you could see him, <laughs> you'd know he looks like Hunter S. Thompson right now. But we're, uh, it's yours truly and my dear friend, Christopher Drug. Chris, welcome back to the show, my man. Chase, thanks for having me, as always. Love these conversations. Love what you're doing with um, the, the pod. Yeah, this is our third, our third conversation where we are acting as co-hosts and having conversations around things that are interesting to us. And this is a request that came in from the community over the course of about six months. Really consistent theme. Like, what do you like from a pop culture standpoint? I know you talk a lot about creativity and entrepreneurship and building businesses and and community and trying to be the best version of yourself. But like what's happening on the day to day? What's you know, and the topics that we're asked of me at that time or what are you doing with crypto and web three and what do you think about ai and so this this type of show this co-hosted version of the chase Jarvis live show is really an opportunity for uh us to kick stuff like this around so i shot you an email with a few topics that uh, are interesting for today's show 
Uh, and I know you always come to the table with a few, but I want to start at the top, which is, uh, I'm going to go like literally to the top. And one of the things that I was hoping to, um, get a hot take from you on Gerard is in the economy. A lot of questions I'm getting are around employability opportunity. Obviously we're in what? You might be thought of as a slightly unstable economy. We see a lot of disruptive forces happening, regardless of interest rates and, and that kind of stuff. But there's also a lot of opportunity. AI is also shifting a lot of things. Um, and so one of the questions that I'm curious to hear from you on, uh, Chris, is the state of job markets for creators, whether you're a you know, W-2 employee, a 1099 contractor. Um, what are you hearing on the street? And this is a very popular question I see in my social feed. So I'm I'm excited to kick this conversation off with opportunities in the creator economy. Yeah, it's an interesting time. That's such a lame statement, but it it it's just not a, there's not a straight signal, I would say. You know, there's, working in media, employing creators as contributors. So, you know, outside employees, a ton of writers and filmmakers and photographers, both staff and independent contract uh, freelancers. And there's, there are these larger signals around, like you said, the economy that seem to, to signal like some fear of employability or yeah. fear of um, you know, oh, it's going to be difficult to get work. And, uh, you know, I think that might be true in some cases. I, yeah. um, but what it feels like to me, just like my straight take on it is like, yep. same, same, right? <laughs> like, yeah. uh, that, that's, that's my take. Like I talk to my filmmaker friends, my photographer friends, my writer friends, and I don't know any time in the last 25 years that any of them have been like, you know, oh, it's, it's just so easy, right? <laughs> like, um, and that's not to say, like, I have friends who are totally booked. I mean, some of our friends are booked out for several years with their projects, right? Yep. And then I have friends who are more up and coming, who, you know, it's like sort of a constant, like, oh, well, that brand pulled their campaign. And, you know, but that all to me sounds sort of like it has been for the last 25 years. So I yeah. don't, I, I don't, I certainly haven't, you know, to some of our previous conversations, I haven't heard people being like, oh, I just lost my job to AI, you know, like yeah, it's, right. it's, uh, I think it's all the same things about differentiating, you know, focusing on your personal work when you're not gainfully employed for a brand or a, or a publication or, you know, a studio um, and differentiating yourself and yeah. using the times that you don't have work, which that comes and goes in whatever yep. time period we are macroeconomically to, yep. to really focus on, you know, like we've been talking about probably learning how to use the tools that are coming out to, to further your, your, um, your creative work. So, I mean, that's yeah. a long-winded answer to it's great. No, same, it's same. Great... I, you know, I, I just don't feel like it's right now, like, oh my gosh, everyone I know is, is struggling and out of work at all. I think it feels like, yeah. Some people are super busy. Some people are, you know, I was just talking to someone who was like, 
we heard, we had these data signals on like, oh man, it's going to be such a rough Q1, I think was difficult for businesses across the board. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, always going to be so bad in the rest of this year. And I was just talking to a friend. It was like, we had the best April, you know, in the history of the, the company or the time that I've been doing this. So, and that's just one, one individual, but Sure. Um, it's a, it's a mix of, of, you know, the same thing I've been hearing from folks who make their living by extracting their vision out of their own brain and putting it on paper or film or video. Yeah. Um, it's not a, it's never really like easy, even when sure. you're totally booked. I mean, a friend sure. who's totally booked for years is like, it's not easy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. uh, I'm so busy that I can't do some of the other things that I would like to do. So, well, this, that's a great hot take. Um, I, I would say similarly, uh, it is a, an interesting time and a time with that's ripe with opportunity. And the folks that I find that are, um, that are tackling this economy in a way that I think is healthy are ones who acknowledge that building happens is always happening. And right now, if you are a builder, when let's just say you're, you know, steady, you're down 10, 20, 30%, what that ought to do is send a signal to you that this is a time to be building things in addition to the work that you're doing out there as a freelancer, uh, you know, or if you, if you don't have a side hustle, it's a great time to explore, right? To cultivate your differentiation, to learn new skills, to develop those skills, whether they're, you know, as a prompt engineer for AI or, um, you know, taking on any, any sort of a, um, it's, just, it's a time to experiment and to tinker and to play in addition to the job that you've got. And it's a, it's a way to, it's a time, it's a window to build skills, um, to double down on your interests and your beliefs and start to trust yourself in trusting yourself. You start to build more confidence. And a lot of folks haven't learned a new thing and learned a new skill in some time. Um, so again, this is, if you're flat or up to last year, great. If you're neutral or down to last year, then think of some of these other things. How can you increase your differentiation, you know, learn to use a lot of these new tools, um, uh, specifically, we, we've talked in two different episodes now about AI, so I don't want to, you know, rehash those because they're rich conversations. And if you're interested in that, I recommend you go, you know, look back a couple uh, episodes here because we've dropped maybe an episode a month on AI in the last, you know, two or three months. So, and then as far as where is the economy going? Again, most companies that are that have a lot of staying power whether you're a solopreneur or an entrepreneur building a venture-backed scaled business a lot of them happen in in flatter down economies and to me that's a sign of opportunity so um i don't know yeah. i think you know i i think what where i would like to segue that is to so if you are um if you do heed the advice of building additional skills or skill sets. Um, one of the things that I've been doubling down on and sharing with my newsletter, which if you're not aware, that's just chasejarvis.com slash email. There's 40, 42,000 folks, I think, that are in that contact list that uh, I send out a usually a weekly email. And my last one was around making mistakes uh, as an ambition. And it's not about sort of avoiding mistakes, which is we often catch ourselves in this trap. It's about actually making mistakes and about recovering very quickly. 
And the best way that I know to do that is to take on creative, small, lightweight work on a regular basis. So um, to me, this is a really interesting, exciting time to be tinkering. I'm tinkering with a couple of new companies, not, not dissimilar to what I would expect a lot of the creators and entrepreneurs who are listening to be doing right now, again, as a side hustle, or if you've got a couple extra cycles, getting up early, staying late to be able to build the thing that you're very, very excited about and, you know, pay the bills with your, with either the nine to five time or, um, in, in whatever way you historically have, but you're building something new on the side. And if you're not building an overt thing specifically, you're tinkering, you're building new skills, you're playing with AI, um, et cetera. And I think doing creative acts on a daily basis um, has, the, has created the most fruits personally and in other communities and um, and individuals, groups that I have mentored or advised that creative, that daily creative act is what really builds a lot of um, the creative muscles that we need to thrive when the economy, you know, hits overdrive again. So um, that's my hot take. And I don't know, does that make you want to say or share anything, CJ, or what? There's a book about that whole creating something every day thing <laughs> that I would recommend. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great, I think it's, it's just a, you know, it doesn't matter, up, down, economy, whatever that approach, if if creativity is in your value set mm -hmm. as something you want to to nurture and it makes you feel alive and it's part of your career, your professional, personal ambitions. I think that that's a great discipline to try to apply. We, we, we talked about discipline a little bit in the last podcast. Mm. Um, you know, it, that's always something that, um, you know, that, that I think if you have discipline around that, like you said, creating something every day and trying to track that, that's where, you know, these like little overnight successes, um, usually are born, uh, not just from a whim, you know, yeah. typically it comes out of a practice, right. Yeah. Uh, in one way or another. So I think it's a good to echo what you're saying. It's a, it's always a good time to practice. Um, right. and, but right now we just do have some, you know, it does remind me a bit of the time that you and I started working together in like 2008, 2009, when you had this break in, technology and media where things were just changing really rapidly moving from a um, you know a traditional media and distribution um, framework to a new framework that was largely around the advent of social media and I just feel like this is another time like that yeah. so it is it's 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 it is beyond just oh it's like normal it is a time like that for sure. Things are accelerating. These tools that are available, um, I think are something that's really worthy of, of attention as we talked about last time too, in, in terms of practice and play, you know, yep. just, just trying to find the time to play with things. I have not been, I've been really busy, uh, with my day job, um, and haven't found a lot of time to play with, uh, with technology. I did go surfing for a while though. That was awesome in terms of attention. Yeah. yeah. Um, and just in de decoupling from technology and focus on a, on a singular sort of task. Um, so yeah, I, I think that that's a great, 
you know, to, to, it's just sort of a great approach in general to, if you want to be employable, back to your original, getting ahead of playing with new stuff, even if it's not part of your job, it sure does play well in an interview. Yeah. Like when I'm talking to someone who I'm looking at hiring, I really am. It is a, it is a marker for me. If someone's like, Oh, I've been they're they're playing with something or listening to something, or they're on the tip of culture or technology beyond where I am. Mm-hmm. That's interesting to me. For sure. Right. That's like, Oh, I can learn something from this person because they've done the work that I have yet to, to do or, or, you know, can't do for whatever reason. Self-directed curiosity and execution around those things are huge hiring markers for me. This person has hobbies outside of their main or they're adjacent to their main area of expertise or knowledge. They're continually building that. These This is like a very popular um, marker for me in hiring. And uh, I, I think it is shared across most of the executives and people I know who have hired, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people um, around them, their companies or whatnot. And it's, I think those are great. Not only do you get the benefit of, uh, of learning all that stuff, but if you can send that message to others that are in your community, you know, potential um, collaborators, co-conspirators, people who may hire you, I think it's a very strong signal, very strong. Um, And you said two other things that I think are interesting that I would like to plot out on a little map here. You talked about Uh, taking a break from technology, you went surfing as an example, and there's a play correlation there. And then there's also this fitness component, which I've been talking to our mutual friend, Kelly Sturette, quite a bit lately. They've got a new book out. I recommended his book in my uh, weekly email, which was the most popular link in that email uh, because I called it one of my favorite health and fitness books of all time, specifically because it was simplified. Um, so I do, I want to make two stops along this thread here. If we talked about sort of open with making mistakes and it's not about avoiding mistakes, it's about how to recover quickly. That is a creative process when you step into an area and you can solve problems. Then we went into how creativity is something we need to be cultivated and, you know, we'll look at what the job market is for those who identify as creators. Let's talk now about how to break away from this always on lifestyle. I mentioned it briefly in last in our last um, conversation together, but I'm curious a little bit more around what you did to break from technology um, as an executive at outside your it is the ask of that, you know <laughs> any you know any executive to be connected and yet you, um, you have had to disconnect. You've gone surfing. What I, I want to throw a reminder about Dr. Anna Lemke's work around ad- addiction and specifically the fact that we're in an always on world that is just constantly feeding us with dopamine. That is actually an addiction. You are addicted to your phone if you're listening to this right now. Um, so what are you doing, uh, Jer, to, to manage that stuff personally? Yeah, our, our conversation last time was was a uh, you know little lit or a um, inspiration, I guess, a flint <laughs> on how to how manage attention. Like we talked a lot about attention, and yeah. uh, you know, um, 
Anna Lemke's work around addiction. I I definitely recommend that folks listen to that podcast uh, where you have a great conversation with her and and her journey and her knowledge base um, coming from someone who's incredibly accomplished, a professor, a doctor, an author, you know, a PhD, like all the, all the things. Um, So, you know, not a, not a hack in terms of her. um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just her, her expertise. And, so one of the things I said I would do, which I sort of half did, uh, honestly, in the time that we've had since last episode, is uh, try to create a little bit of a mindful, um, maybe a spreadsheet or which is what I tried to do around where my attention goes and how to manage that. That Now, I did ask ChatGPT <laughs> to do this for me. Um, and specifically what it what it led me down a rabbit hole and you said this you know budgeting attention versus budgeting time and uh you know that started to get me into like well when you start to budget if i'm trying to build a spreadsheet around where do i put my attention very quickly becomes actually where am i putting my time well what one thing that could come out of this is like well actually like you know, with technology, you could make a very fundamental observation on the difference between time and attention, right? In that uh, attention really is engagement around something, which is where you do your best everything. It is where you do your best uh, relationship building. It's where you do your best community building. It's, it is really um, where all the good shit happens in your life is when you're really engaged and you really have a lot of attention. It's not just about attendance or time yeah. right so yeah. i did think about that and um i had an opportunity to uh join a friend on who was definitely a uh, surf trip that you know that he needed to um that just an annual thing that he does to really like disconnect and and so i had an opportunity i, I did not have the opportunity to take time off so i was fortunate that i was going to a time zone where I was, you know, so I guess uh, 4 a.m. is 8 a.m. where I was. So I was getting up really, really early and working, finishing my day. And then I would go surfing for basically the afternoon from 12 and until, um, yeah, until sunset. Uh, and I definitely saw, even as I was working, um, my attention was so focused on fitness and health, right? eating well, we were biking a lot and then surfing and paddling. I would say from my sake, I'm a very terrible surfer to be clear, like, but a lot of paddling, you know, 10 sessions of, of surfing over the course of six days. Um, and that attention that, you know, one of the things I love about surfing, even more than like biking or hiking or even skiing these days is you know, you can still do, you can still like check your email on a ski lift and you can still listen to things like surfing. I mean, I suppose you could do these things with your Apple watch or whatever, but it's just, you know, it's a, you're in a totally different environment. Um, you're taking waves on the head, you're surviving, you're trying to get outside. There's a hundred metaphors in it. I love the sport so much for all those things. Cause it really is very dedicated attention. Yeah. Right. You have to pay attention. You have to pay attention to the people who are in the water, especially if you're in a place like Hawaii, where it is a very local sort of lineup. You have to be respectful. You have to watch the horizon. You have to watch the water. 
if you're, if you're not doing those things outside of the physical part of it, like you're just not going to get a wave and you're, and if you try to, you're probably just going to get work. So it does require, I mean, for some people it's second nature, I'm a Colorado surfer, so it's not second nature for me. <laughs> I have to pay attention and that defragging, um, and the exercise that's required totally using muscles that haven't been used for me in a lot. I've been surfing since pre pandemic. Um, it was a, just a wonderful, uh, defragging of my attention, you know, yeah. basis. I definitely, cause I track that, 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 you know, my usage on social and all those things, everything was down, you know, 50%, um, which meant that all of that attention was going towards physical activity, my friend being, hanging out with my buddy mm-hmm. and reconnecting with him. Um, and, you know, I was working, so I actually did my job. It wasn't like I, I wasn't doing my job. Um, but the focus, I also, you know, have two kids, so I was away from them. So there was a, um, which I missed them terribly, but, uh, it also allowed me to have more time, frankly, in that, that manner too. So, uh, well, I recommend it. Yeah. Let's hear Let's hear So then to me, the key takeaways, and if I'm listening to the show, the benefit, and I will share it personally as well, but the benefits of doing an activity that require your attention, um, I will give a few examples. You just use the surfing example and you could say, st- you know, it re- stuff requires your attention to be good at it, to perform at a high level with anything. And I you know like you, you can read a book and not really pay attention and not remember what you read. For example, surfing, you use the example of you're going to get, you know, smashed on your melon all these you know waves breaking over your shoulder under your head if you're not paying attention you need to look at the horizon to catch a wave um there's all kinds of great things there i would use another analog would be rack climbing right you miss a handhold and it doesn't go well and you can't really be on your phone i have countless times countless previous episodes given the example that i picked up golf again not too long ago and i used to lament this you know chasing a little white ball around and now I'm like it's just so blissful to focus on you know on just that not you can't really be in your phone and be successful so to me uh I would invite anyone who's listening to over the course of this next week or two think of some activities that require your attention that where you are not at all, you do not have a relationship with technology in that moment. You are entirely technology free. What does it feel like while you're doing that activity? What does it feel like when you, you know, ideally optimally you get lost in this in a beautiful way with your attention being focused on, you know, in surfing case, the elements um, and, you know, lots of other examples or things to focus on, but specifically not technology. So you also then shared that your data looked better and or different from that experience. Um, I can share similar results that when I am engaged in these behaviors, that the work that I do outside of those behaviors is better work, deeper work, and faster. It's less like fucking sporadic. And that all of my data, the markers that I measure with sleep and heart rate and HRV and all that stuff uh, is unequivocally better. I got 22,000 steps in the other day and I've been nursing and recovering from a little medial meniscus tear in my, some cartilage in my knee. And 
uh, a plantar and plantar fasciitis. And I'll tell you the days that I walked the most, all my shit felt the best and, mm. and I slept way better. So, um, I would just invite anyone who's listening to what are some things that are, that require your attention and also require you to divorce yourself temporarily um, or for as long as possible from technology. That would be my ask, my challenge for this. Totally. I think that's, and it's for me, like we talked about last time, it's helpful to do, to have activities that like, like describing around surfing or climbing is another good example where I, I just can't even, cater to the impulse right um now i think it's completely possible to go on a bike ride or run anything and just say i'm not gonna i'm not gonna use my phone but then your phone buzzes and someone calls and you know and it sort of gets you back into that uh you know the rabbit hole so i think that's a great um it's a it's whatever a little hack which is just to really try to try to find something that you know put the phone in a drawer so to speak because it does feel better like mm-hmm. it just, and, and I think that we are more effective when we find some balance on the flip side of that. I think you've probably had this experience where when we're uber connected and moving from meeting to meeting and moment to moment, trying to do several things at the same time, the, it's not even exhaustion. It's, it's sort of like mental confusion mm-hmm. that I, it's a foggy feeling for me. I can do it just like many people that's the problem sometimes, but it doesn't feel good. At the end of that day, you're like, what did I actually do? I moved a hundred things a millimeter forward, you know, versus the feeling of when you, you do get those defragging moments and you're like, well, you know, I had a great walk with a, I would walk and talk outside. You know, I got some exercise. Uh, I focused on specific things with the, with the task that was clear the feeling of that is so much more rewarding. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's better. It, it produces better work, you know, sure. and so, you know, you can use that exercise, I think as a, um, outside time is what mm-hmm. one of the things I track, you know, yep. as we've talked about, like I track my sleep, I have do the aura thing as well. And it's a, it's good markers to see how you're doing. Um, one of the things I have is this app that's part of outside also called nature dose. And it tracks your outdoor time and your outdoor quality, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're outside in New York at downtown, you're going to be in a nature deprived zone. If you're outside in Hawaii or in Vermont or, you know, in the mountains, you're going to be in a nature utopia. It gives you a higher score. You set a goal. It shows you how much time you've had outdoors. We know that that's super healthy for lots of reasons. Also, sometimes when you're outdoors, you're also exercising, right? Yeah. So you sort of get the two for one there. And I think it really just, you know, in terms of how productive your indoor time is, I think that there's a correlation, you know, between the two. If you yep. make sure that you're giving yourself that dose, you know, that nature yep. dose. Yeah. So there are two, two paths that we're now simultaneously exploring. One is this sort of the breaking away from technology, however temporary, to focus our attention. And what's creeping into the conversation now, and I want to marry these two things in the next, you know, 10 minutes is this break from technology and fitness, health, wellness stuff. Um, And again, I'm sharing this because these are things because of interesting 
developments in technology, things that I'm working on in my personal entrepreneurial journey around fitness, outdoor health, wellness. Obviously, it's very related to what you do as an executive at Outside Magazine, where your your uh, vision and mission is to get people outside. So um, I think this is an uh, my hope is this is an interesting thread for the creators out there. Uh, the last piece that of my personal equation on breaking from technology, you already steered people back toward the Dr. Anna Lemke um, episode. I have taken it upon myself to think of my phone as two phones. Hmm. And, you know, I, I saw something on the internet that um, was a funny, uh, I would say, parallel concept to this. Um, I had developed this on my own and then I saw someone call their phone, their cocaine phone. And mm. then they had another word for the other phone. I was like, oh, this is where I call it my two phones. I got a phone that's of stuff that enriches me that is in line with my goals. And then I have a, there's a set of apps that does not enrich my life that I will do for work that um, I think are distraction and um, right. I was picturing the, the, the Ari gold dupe. I was like, no, man, we're trying to go less. Like you got two phones now. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to share a quick story about that, by the way, this is a small, small tangent, but do you remember? So at the, um, when I was endorsing Polaroid and so Gerard, uh, was, uh, the business manager for Chase Jarvis Inc. during this time and led our, all of our business development around new opportunities. And I had, uh, was endorsing Polaroid with Lady Gaga, which was a trip in itself. So, you know, backstage with her prior to speaking, we spoke at at uh, the and it was a CES trade show because that's where this you know new partnership with me sort of directing my attention for Polaroid at the photography industry and Gaga was in pop culture generally. So, Lady Gaga's manager is um the most notorious agent in hollywood i don't know how i should mention yeah i guess ari emmanuel he was also an investor in creative live he is who the character uh in entourage was based off of which is you played by jeremy piven and adrian grenier who i was just on the phone with five minutes ago but five minutes before we started this which is a funny coincidence but he literally had two phones on his head in all kinds of the episodes of Entourage and fast forward to, this is, I don't know, 2012 backstage with Lady Gaga and the person that that guy is based on is Ari Emanuel. And he literally has two phones. He is <laughs> talking on two cell phones at the same time. And I'm like, this is too. Twice the business, twice the <laughs> amount of business. It was, it was out of a, I mean, it was out of a comic it was crazy. You know, you expected to see it in the New Yorker or something, but okay. So small divergence there, but the point of my two phones is I have a piece of my phone that is nourishing and connecting and is in line with my values. And I have a piece of my phone that I use that I do not, that is not in service of those things. That's the social media part. So I have now officially deleted uh, most of the apps and I have two apps that are running on that phone that I have a, a one hour limit total for, for anything that is in this category of social media apps. And that's Instagram and Twitter. Um, and I have unlimited on uh, text messaging, anything that is connective where I actually connect with my partners, my friends, and 
I think of them as two separate phones. And when I'm texting with friends and there's a little shit talking thread, uh, I'm trying to be creative and present and fun. And when I'm in social media universe and I know I have very limited time, I'm posting, tagging, responding, trying to, and it's very, very efficient. And if at the end of the day, I don't get all the things I, if I got too many DMS or whatever, that is just tough luck. End of day, start over with a new new time clock on those things that don't serve me. And I have found this to get increasingly better with time. I look forward to connecting with my friends on fun text threads, and I become increasingly efficient and effective with the social, the limited social time that I do have. Almost no time for consuming if I'm creating in that app and responding to the community, which uh, I think is an interesting side effect. So. What are you doing, CJ? What are you doing around this? Um, well, I think I should be doing what you're doing based on it. That sounds awesome. Um, it's great. I Yeah, I I think that I was have been approaching it much more, like I said, you know, that feeling of like a reactive life is, is not like super satisfying. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I've got a baby. I've got a young, young kid a job plus social media, plus, you know, all those things, you sort of feel like you're sort of squeezing things in. And then, it, you know, all of a sudden you realize like, wow, I actually have spent a fair amount of time. We talked about this last time, maybe on social media versus like connecting with other humans as, as you're saying. And I love that, that dichotomy of like being on your phone with a text thread with like your college buddies or your high school buddies, or, you know, where you're connecting and you're laughing and you're like, this yep. is great to, to keep that connection alive, which was really what, as I think we've mentioned in maybe the previous episode, perhaps what attracted people to social media in the first place was being able to connect with those folks via Facebook initially or Twitter in a way that felt like, wow, this is, um, and this is something I've been thinking Productive about. And uh, yeah. yeah. And, and I've been thinking about the concept of friction, right. In part inspired by this podcast I listened to with those media folks, uh, people versus algorithms, which I really recommend. Mm -hmm. It's great. Um, that this idea of friction, right. Like the media business to a certain degree, uh, there's a div divergence here for a second, but it sort of depends on friction to a certain degree, right? And I think one of the things, like, you know, you go on a website and you got to click on things and that's page views and that's how that business whole that works, basically. That one of the things that was really exciting about social media is that it removed friction in terms of connecting with other people, right? Um, and I think that that idea of, of removing friction is something that then can be applied to what we're talking about because now in fact i think it's actually social has in a way it's a different kind it's seamless in terms of your interface but it's actually creating more friction in your sort of your daily habits right because that's maybe what you're feeling when you're off of it when you're like you're controlling it you're using the tool it's not using you you're saying use it for an hour to inter interface with my community to not consume as much as create then I'm out, then I'm on text message. And you feel that fluidity, if you will, that flow of living real life and not the friction of living in a digital space. And I, that, that idea, even as we talk about mobility and you know, built to move and fitness, I think a lot of it is, you know, how do you get in flow, which is sort of the opposite of friction? Mm -hmm. What are the places that you put your attention to remove friction 
in a way that creates more flow. And I, and you can feel that in a daily, you know, just in a daily dose, like you're talking about, if you, if you don't spend time on social, maybe because you force yourself to, because you, you go on a retreat or you put it in a drawer or whatever, you're going to feel it. Mm -hmm. That's, I think the guarantee. And now you've gotten to a point where, you know, you start to get that feedback where you're like, no, I really do feel this. There's, there's a reduction somehow in noise that's creating oh. friction in my sphere that is counterproductive to where I want to go. And it just feels better to not be engaging on it all the time. Then you got to set up the, the framework to, to, it's just like working out physically, right? Like you have to set up the discipline of like, all right, I don't necessarily love lifting weights, running, like exercising for the sake of exercise, but gosh, my body sure does feel better, which makes my mind feel better. And so this nice loop, right? So I mean, you know, all of this is just like a very like overcomplicated way of talking about like, yeah, you know, put your phone in a drawer, Yeah, you know. But, and there, there are simple, at least on the iPhone, there are very simple like screen time. You can measure it, you can turn off and limit certain apps. I found it very easy deleted the ones that I wasn't using anywhere, the ones that were sending me notifications, turned off all notifications. And it has been, so I've been running this experiment for about a month now, and it mm. is incredibly valuable. I highly recommend thinking of- What are you phones. filling the time with? I'm curious, like, what do you, cause you know, what is, you know, it could be nothing, but it's like, yeah. you're free of, you don't even understand that's, we've talked about this, how, how advanced these platforms are in terms of stealing your attention. Oh, that's literally you know? their design. And You're we right. both know literally, like I know the human who led this, pioneered this program at Facebook to make it addicting. Like he, that is his, that was the task for which he was hired. And he was very successful because Facebook only had 80 million users when he was hired. <laughs> So now, you know, then they went to a Billy, obviously. So that it was very, it's scientifically designed to do that to you. And what is on the other end of that platform, this is a good way of thinking about it, is a supercomputer. There is a network, an inner networked layer of computational power whose sole job it is to keep your attention. And it is very effective. It is very fast and it is tracking every second Every tenth of a second that you've spent on every single Facebook post in the history of you using Facebook or in you using Instagram. That's how advanced it is. It knows exactly and it has all kinds of math behind it. And that's why it's designed to show you an interesting thing or a thing that makes you respond or is divisive or because we know we have a negativity bias and it, 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 it creates flame wars, all that stuff. It's designed that way. So I just choose not to participate in that. And this two phone thing, being able to simply turn off those th features that are designed to keep me addicted and by enabling uh, the, you know, the communication, the sharing, I have thought, and this, it's, you're correct. We did talk about this in our first co-hosted episode, which is about three months ago now. Um, the um, just how to how to think differently about these tools and about the 
you know, the role of creativity versus consumption, et cetera. We, we went pretty deep on that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I, I want to now link this sort of, I, I'm going to double down on my two phones concept. How can you suppress the phone that doesn't, that hurts you and support the phone that helps you? I shared again in that early episode that I want my, the creative aspects that I used to find on social media. I want it to, I want social media to feel as much like my, text threads with friends as possible. So by not having the time to just consume that garbage that is designed to addict you, I am almost necessarily constraining it to creating. And then I'm, if I'm doing my text messages with friends and I am creating something on Instagram, it just becomes, it's, it's just more like I want to be in that moment, which to me, I'm now going to shift our conversation over to the fitness side of this because we are now talking about instead of breaking from technology, how to positively, proactively incorporate more health, wellness, fitness. So to me, this creative act that I open with that I I try and create something every day, the time that I am spending on social media is creating. One of the things that uh, we created a couple of weeks ago around health and fitness specifically was talking about sleep and it was a shared post. Um, We created it and shared it with Kelly. Kelly also, you know, you can jump on a collab and this piece that Kelly shared about sleep was seen two and a half million times and had 80,000 shares in like a four day period. And you know, maybe we can insert the audio in this, in the audio of that uh, post here. And also, I don't know if that's something we can easily do or if that's a pain in the neck, but essentially goes on to talk about how important sleep is and specifically an abundance of sleep. If we want to, you know, be around uh, and just function, then we kind of need seven hours. But if we want to do anything besides function, like, you know, compete, like change our body composition, like, uh, um, get well from illness, or if you're a teenager, grow a body like that, that is, that's like more eight hours starts to become required. If you need to do anything that taxes your system, if you're just not on vacation then you can sort of afford seven hours. So I, uh, you know, to me, all of this thread, this breaking from technology, leaning into health and wellness, I was shocked at how well, <laughs> I mean, I haven't really had a post do millions and millions of video views in you know, 72 hours in quite some time. So it was interesting that it was sleep and <laughs> it was interesting that it's on the tail of what I am paying attention to and tracking. For example, you mentioned the aura ring. So mm-hmm. um, curious your take on the sleep thing. I don't know if you saw that post or not, but uh curious on your take and how much sleep are you getting and what do you, what would you suggest our listeners might do if they want to get a little more sleep? Yeah, I am. Kelly and Juliet will give me ample shit for them. And they're going to be out here in a couple, couple weeks uh, with their book. I'm looking forward to that. Um, You know, I am terrible on sleep. Uh, the I, I do I've been tracking my sleep for four years mm-hmm. with the aura ring at this stage so and it does have me sort of um if I get over six hours of sleep I think I'm functional 
um, meaning like I'm not deprived. Certainly seven to me feels like, um, like I'm, I'm feeling really good. And it's very rare. I think when I looked at my data, I think I've gotten over eight hours or nine hours of sleep, like, like literally one, one handful in the last four years. Um, and that would be considered from Kelly's perspective and like really bad. And, and I, and it is, I, I so I'm not, I'm just trying to give you some person, personal, yeah. like I'm not, that's an area I track it pretty obsessively. Um, I look at the quality is what I'm trying to. And so, because, because I have some limiting factors and Kelly's will, will talk about this too, in terms of compromises. Look, if you're on a mission and you're, you know, an F-16 pilot, you're going to be compromised physically and you're going to be compromised from sleep. So what can you do to like fight against that? That's the thing I try to pay attention to because I have young kids. So sleep is like, that's just always a challenge. Parents yep. you know, understand that you just had a, you have got a puppy, you know, that that can be disruptive. <laughs> right. Um, I mean, yeah, totally. Right. And so you're going to end, but you don't, you know, you're not going to like not have, you know, that the upside of your, your dog, you know, and the upside of kids is like, well, you're like, oh, I'll give up a little bit of sleep. Same is I just described, I went on that surf trip. I didn't sleep all that much because I was getting up at 4 a.m. to do my job at the same, but I feel like the health benefits I can see in my sleep chart. I slept really deep. I got REM, REM sleep. Uh, I was pretty efficient in the time. I didn't, I wasn't drinking at all. I don't drink all that much these days in general, but drinking will spike my heart rate by 10 beats a minute. I know that that is a fact now, yep. right? So if I, and I'm not talking about like going out, I'm talking about like, if I have a, you know, beers. a beer or a glass of wine, like it will in, impact my heart rate that much. So that means you're working harder. You're not sleeping as well. You're running hot, all those things. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, the sleep stuff that I do is I, I splurged on a, on a, um, you know, one of these eight sleep, um, mattresses that keeps you cool. Um, I think sleeping dark, we have shades in our, in our room that really keep things dark. All of that is about getting as much quality sleep as I can yeah. if I'm going to be compromised in the length. Like I cannot, I am not at this point in my life, I literally can't, there's no days I can sleep in because yep. I got a seven-year-old and a nine-month-old and they are not sleeping in, right? <laughs> and so that, and, and there's a lot of people that can relate to that in sure, whatever way, or you have things you have to do, or yeah. you have, you've got a job that you've got to entertain. You got to be out until midnight. These things are, are, or later, you know, these things are just realities of, of work, life, family balance. So I would go for, I guess, if, if I could put a bow on all of that would be to say, um, there are things you can do to increase the quality of your sleep, sleep cold, sleep dark, right? Try to avoid alcohol and sugar. Do not drink coffee after I really do not drink caffeine as much. I love coffee. I love it more. I like it every year. It's weird. <laughs> I, it's like, I have a love affair with it. I want to get up to have coffee and I don't think it's about the caffeine maybe, but I don't really drink coffee afternoon um, because I've learned that that, you know, caffeine stays in your system for 12 hours. It will disrupt the, even I'm one of those people, right? Just like, I think you and I both are that. There are plenty of meals you and I have shared where we had cheesecake and we had espresso at 11 o'clock and you know that I love that, but it, and, and I would say, Oh, I, caffeine doesn't affect me. I can sleep. 
but what we know is that it affects the quality of your sleep now. And so that's where I would put everything, wrap all that into, I am someone who has compromised sleep habits and for lots of external reasons. So I really tried to focus on, you know, those external things like the, the dark, the, the temperature, the not having caffeine or alcohol. And then another thing is also exercise. If you exercise in the course of the day, you're going to sleep better. So six hours of sleep, which I've also realized to get six hours of sleep, according to the aura ring, you know, you have to be in bed for seven. Yeah. That's me. And and even with a high quality, I'll get a really high efficiency rating. I still, you know, you're not, you get up a little bit, you know, even though you don't feel like it and that, that, so you have to actually budget more time to be in bed to get people say, Oh, I got seven hours of sleep. It's like, well, you were in bed for seven hours. Totally. And that's the kind of thing you start to see with the aura ring, right? I I'm going to double down on that. That is uh, O U R a. I also have had it um, for four plus years, been tracking data 100% of the time since then and have found it insanely valuable it's a subscription service. It's like, I don't know, five bucks a month or something like that. I think we're both on the program. We were on it early enough that we don't have to pay monthly, but it is invaluable. I wear the ring all the time. Probably 50% of my friends in life also wear this ring. And it's a game changer because it, it helps you understand these things about yourself. Um, big fan. I think you should check out that post. Uh, yours truly and Kelly on my feed. The The cover of that is about sleep. Click on that. It's a really interesting. I Which think feed, Chase? And, yep. Uh, that's on Insta. Which, okay. Uh, and I think if uh, if it's possible, I'll ask Nasa to try and wedge it in there um, into this particular episode. Kelly's little, it's just like a 20, 30 second blurb. Um, so big Aura fans, obviously. Um, one of the things that Kelly shared that I also have tested, um, not scientifically, but anecdotally on my own is if you need to sleep better, what the military learned is step count, increasing step count is, uh, one of the most, um, efficient ways to increase the quality of sleep. You heard 10,000 steps. It's really about 8,500, according to Kelly, that is sort of like an essential minimum and anything more than 10, if you're not sleeping well, for example, I've yesterday, I, walked 22,900 steps or something. And I had the best sleep that I've had in three or four months, 23, 24,000 steps is a lot. So um, step count was really valuable to me. I also sleep dark and cold, cold with windows open or air conditioning, dark with a sleep mask. I also am a big fan was transformation. Transformational for me was earplugs. JP Eau Claire taught me that on a, on a ski trip in Japan just those little earplugs that you can push down, yep. you know, that that's really helpful. Super, super valuable. So again, the last thing I'll throw in on this fitness program is a lot of people think fitness and, you know, you and I have both, whether it's training for, you know, races or, you know, marathons or Ironman or whatever, you know, you've done a lot more of that stuff than I have, or just general sort of health wellness, lifting heavy weights is something that has been very valuable for me, deadlifting, squatting, cleaning, um, and not necessarily just to look good naked, but to, for strength and health and bone density, all these things we know are valuable. But what Kelly introduced, uh, 
in a really compelling way was um, basically exercising in life rather than as a thing that you have to do separately. Like, you know, air squats while you're waiting for the oven to get up to temp before you throw in, you know, the, the, um, the night's meal, whatever you, yeah. What was he, I think it was in, in your interview with them, he was talking about when they were, they had young kids and he had, uh, well, I can't remember what it was like 10, 10 and 10 or something where it was like, all he could slide in was, you know, 10 sit-ups, 10 pull-ups, 10 push-ups, or I can't remember the specifics, but he was just making the point that there's space. You just have to like figure out where you can drop it. And this is one of the reasons I love the concept of walking. I, as you mentioned, we got a puppy, so he he's you know active, and we want him to be active. And just getting him out and walking is what what our or was uh, known as net time. And this comes from my friend Tony Robbins, who many of you know is one of the world's leading sort of coaches around business and personal success. Uh, no extra time, net time, which is where you are doing these things that are benefits for you while you're doing your day-to-day activities. For example, walking meetings. You have to have a meeting, walking, getting steps in. If you are with someone, you can able to do that or take it on the phone. You don't have to have your mug on your Zoom call at all times. Sometimes you can actually just listen. Um, walking is super valuable for that. And that has helped me sleep great. Anything generally speaking, that is this no extra time has really helped me become efficient with getting exercise, which is driving sleep and overall health and wellness. Um, To me, the thing that rang true in part most from my last conversation with Kelly and the book again, uh, New York times bestseller, instant bestseller called Built to Move, my favorite health and wellness fitness books of all time, um, is be consistent over be heroic. Consistency Mm -hmm. over being a hero. And the amount of benefit that you can get from 10, 10, and 10, 10 push-ups, 10 sit-ups, 10 pull-ups, whatever the thing is, every single day versus every two weeks seeing your trainer, killing yourself, and then you know, struggling to recover and being in a negative mm. loop as opposed to a positive one. It goes back to that, uh, that every we've, we've touched on it, but you know, this is aspect of, of attention and discipline. Right. And, yeah. and also even, I think to a degree, that concept I've been thinking about of like where to remove friction, right? Like yep. how do you, because I, I think we are creatures of convenience, whether we want to be or not, like, right. So it, it is, you have to make these things convenient somehow, like they have to fit into your life. You have to sort of design it that way. So it's, it's interesting. Like we keep talking about attention, like um, two things I'm picking up on that you're, you're talking about, you know, one is like that you're really enjoying these text threads, like over, if you're talking, mm-hmm. you know, like the phone as your second phone, the one you love, it's creating connection with friends that is, is intellectually or humor or whatever it is. That's like, and then the second is this, this concept of attention we keep talking about, which is, you know, where is your attention budget, you know, and we've talked about now walking, sleep, time with family or loved ones, uh, fitness, creativity. So if you were to create an attention budget, 
you know, these to me would be the categories of what can you track? Like we're tracking sleep, like down to the minute now. Right. Mm -hmm. So are there things that, you know, if, if we can start a new company, Chase, that's uh, it's a text thread business that also tracks your attention, including your sleep, where you spend your time creatively, uh, you know, um, your, your health and wellness, um, all of those things and gives you nice, tidy report and then helps prompt you to those things. We're rich. <laughs> We're rich. <laughs> we create that. I thought it may be helpful if I shared the 10 habits that I track every day that are in line with this. One, some net time strength training every day. No extra time as a part of my day-to-day. If I'm on the phone waiting for the oven to hit to heat up, waiting for my dog to eat his, you know, bowl of dog food before I pick his dish up, I'm doing some form that gets me 50 sit-ups and 50 push-ups every day. When I'm at my best, I'm also doing 50 pull-ups, but that's not net time. That is like I have to find a pull-up bar and do those, which I have one here at my studio. So it's pretty easy. But strength training, lightweight, no extra time every day zero to one glasses of wine that is focused on the sleep thing specifically i do not sleep as well if i have more than one glass of wine so zero to one every day have some sort of eating program i'm on also it's making it so i don't eat late and sometimes i'm breaking up a little bit of intermittent fasting sometimes i start eating at noon other times i start off with 30 grams of protein at 8 a.m i actually find slow carb better than paleo but the point here is i'm paying attention that my attentional budget is around what i put in my body Meditation morning and evening, 10 to 20 minutes. Consume 64 ounces of water minimum. Ironically, this is the one that I missed the most is mm. consuming enough water. Um, I already oh, I said meditation. Being in bed for eight hours, that is an attempt to get seven. Just like you said, mm-hmm. play, play and or make something every day. I put those two together because they serve the same function for me. Play is joyful. Creating is joyful. And if I'm making something, again, even if it's a, I'm retouching a photo to send them that text thread um, or that time, that limited time that I do spend on social media is for creating. And even if that is creating community through my DMs, visualization and gratitude practice. So it's interesting that all of those are able to be compartmentalized in if you look back at our conversation today and over the course of the last couple months basically everything we're talking about is in those categories it allows for better health wellness sleep uh, productivity productivity creativity connection human connection connection with others not being a slave to technology but making technology work for you it's pretty interesting to me man if you're hitting those 10 things uh, like, I'm my best. Yeah. I'm literally yeah, you're your best. Yeah. That's those, it. That, that list has been constructed over a 10 year slight modifications, even the wording like zero to one glasses of wine. I also can sub for what it's worth. Tequila does not spike my glycemic index. So I can have a tequila soda or something. Um, but if I have a glass of white wine, for example, just too sweet, it's hard to have even dry white wine. So um, mm-hmm. I, I just use that as a reference point. If you're interested in sort of tracking your habits and the habit, the, the app that I use is called habit list. It's just simple. I did it or I did not do it that day and it tracks. Um, and I am thousands of days into using this app. Um, that's cool. I'll check yeah, that out. It's a and good do, one. And does it, does it, um, 
I think it's Does free it even. Sit with Aura, like you know. Sometimes I wonder, like I wear an Apple Watch too, and it tracks these. I know it has a ton of data, but mm-hmm. like where does it's like the wrap up of all of these things is uh, is lacking still. Like you know, yeah. there's not a where, where there's an API between Aura and Habit List, or right. you know, where you can see that um, would be would be helpful. But you know, you can also yeah. just like track it on a piece of paper. But yeah, and I'm frankly. I'm not at the level of uh, I'm not trying to change my body composition or I'm not trying to, you know, grow. I'm not a teenager looking to, you know, whatever, grow four inches this of course of the next year. Mm. So I have a, a lightweight correlation, but it's very clear to me when I look at my aura, I get enough steps. I sleep better. When I sleep better, I'm more creative. When I'm more creative, I'm more successful at home and work. And, you know, it's just, I, I I can see the interconnectivity and I also see when I'm not successful, the data falls off. It is, it quickly goes to garbage. <laughs> mm, yeah. I mean, it is pretty binary that way. Like if you, yeah. if you're, if you're in a cycle where you're, you're just reactive, I think like that's the thing about what you just described is that you have some intent mm-hmm. around your attention. And I think that's a great place to start. That's where I'm trying to start is, yeah. Just be more in, intentional about where I put my attention and I, yeah. and when I am successful, which sometimes you're compromised for all sorts of reasons, it just feels better. It does. And I'll, I will say that the, the consistent over heroic phrase that Kelly shares is very, very valuable. And when I, for example, I was at a friend's house and they poured me a really nice you know, glass of white Montrachet. <laughs> I didn't turn it down. I was just like, okay, I'm aware that I definitely do not want to, I'm going to have this nice glass of wine and then that's it. I'm having one. And, you know, and then the next couple of days I was like, I need to, you know, make sure I'm not doing that and get my sleep back on track. So consistent mm-hmm. over heroic, if you blow it, you haven't really blown it. You're just back to square one. It's sort of like where your attention goes away from your meditation you're focusing on the breath and it thinks about the grocery list your goal actually the process of meditation is just to bring your attention back to the breath and that is the same thing when we fall off the wagon our goal is just to bring our attention back to the wagon and get back on keep riding mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um yeah. jared i know our time is uh short uh, I want to keep these to about an hour because you and I have been friends for 20 years. We could talk for 10 hours every time we get on. I just quick recap, uh, making mistakes, not about avoiding them, about recovering quickly, daily creative habits, future of job markets for creators. We've covered some fitness stuff, breaking away from technology. And I would like to close our conversation today with a little phrase. I'll hand it to you. You can close with whatever you want. I want to share a toast that I learned from a boat captain in Mexico, I was on a photo shoot and we chartered a, a handful of really gorgeous boats. And this one captain of this, he taught us a, a, a toast, which is always nice to learn, to, to know a toast that you can throw down uh, at a, an event. Um, so it goes like this. Here's to cheating, stealing, fighting, and drinking. If you must cheat, cheat death. If you must steal, steal your life partner's heart. If you must fight, fight for your friends and your family. And if you must drink, drink with, insert the guest's guest of honor's name 
and this toast or whatnot, or whoever's hosting the dinner or you know, you're at someone's house or whatever, insert, if you must drink, drink with fill in the blank. It's a lovely little toast. There you go. That's one of my, I love gifts, it. one of my gifts for y'all out there. That's fantastic. I can't, <laughs> let's just end with that one. I there love it. Go. I love it. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Chase. Again, appreciate it. Looking forward to more uh, folks out there on the internet. If you have things that you want uh, Chris and I to talk about in a future co-hosted episode, Remember, you can join the text community. I pay close attention to that. If you're not aware, it's 206-309-5177. That's the way you can get me and both. Uh, where are you? You're just, uh, what's your handles on the internet? If you want to. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, I've got two CJ Instagram. I got, yeah, I got CJ Rome. I've got Rome outside underscore Rome underscore outside and then uh professionally we've got get outside which is our handle uh about all things getting outdoors and um mm -hmm. being in nature and um getting everybody out and all the things we just talked about so you can sweet. find me in those places sweet i'm uh you know me folks i'm just chase jarvis everyone on the internet i'm paying attention i think the text community is the best place uh and if some of these things have trickled into my newsletter and this is where I'm getting some of the topic ideas for our show are coming back because these are very highly responded to items from my email. That's just chasejarvis.com slash email sign up weekly email, no spam ever. CJ, thanks again, bud. Until next time from uh, Chris and I, we bid you adieu. All right. Hey, before you go, thanks so much for listening. And if you got value from this show, chances are your community will too, right? In the particular lies the universal. Please share this link to the show with a friend or mention the show on social. That is a huge benefit for us in hopefully in exchange for providing value to you. I want you to know that I really appreciate your time, the attention, anything that you give to the show and the questions that you ask our guests either on social media or through my text community. All of that is pure gold. This community, like any community, is a testament to that old phrase, a rising tide floats all boats. And by elevating one another, by sharing and resharing this show, the tidbits that you learn and the experiences you take away, all of that has a collective, massive positive impact on the world. So just a quick thank you. I appreciate all the effort you put into sharing this show. All right, that's a wrap. Let's put today's episode into practice and get back to growing together.